You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts. Bob Flounders and David Jones. Hey guys, Blue White Breakdown time. I'm here with Dave Jones, the newest member of the unbeaten Philadelphia Eagles fan club. For those of you looking in, he's wearing an Eagles shirt after trouncing the Phillies postseason dreams uh, in the press box a couple weeks ago. He is now going to ruin another Philadelphia sports franchise. David, always good to see you. You know, they had that incredible third game, game three of the Phillies. After I wore that jacket, how do you explain that? They lost four of their last five after you wore that jacket, Dave. Anyway, I'm not an Eagles fan. It was clean. Okay, it was okay. We got you. As long as you're putting it out there that you're not on I'm the. I'm not. Run. I don't okay. care one way or the other. It's more fun in, in this city when they're winning. That's fine. And all you know, all of my friends, except for a couple. You know, we got a couple of Cowboys fans here that I know really well who live here. Do not even think about going in that direction. Do not even <laughs> I really think. love the Cowboys lately. No, I'm not. I don't mean that. Hey, Jones, we have bigger fish to fry. It's Maryland week for Penn State. 3.30 kick. Here's my first question for you, because I think you've written about this a little bit, and you, you can kind of speak to this much more than I can. I think Mike, Mike Loxley is obviously a very talented recruiter. Is he a good football coach in your mind, David Jones? I think he he is learning to be a CEO. And, you know, a a few years ago, three years ago, when my nephew was playing quarterback for him, I couldn't help but get some inside baseball knowledge on that program that I could not use. It's a very uneasy situation to be (laughs) kind of on the inside of what's going on and not really be at liberty to report it due to family considerations. That's a that's a really weird situation for a reporter, but that was my situation. That's why I kind of recused myself of any real reporting during that um, Maryland 59 nothing loss. What a game. What a game. I still I remember it. I remember every play to this day. Woo! Um God. And and y- you know the 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 singular image of my in my mind of that game is Micah Parsons getting up under Josh and, and I mean have you seen a harder hit than that on a quarterback in the last three years? There's been some big shots out there. I haven't caught them all. That was a, that was a nice one though. Micah got Micah got his money's worth on that ejection. Yeah, he got ejected, and uh, I actually was managed to joke about it with him the next year because. <laughs> it was no joking matter at the time. Anyway, 
to your question, he has developed parts of that program, and it was it was a disaster, especially after the Jordan McNair tragedy. That whole regime before with DJ Durkin and. Then they had an interim with Matt Canada, who's now, uh, isn't he the OC of the Steelers, right? Yeah, and they're tanking, so yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He actually did a really good job the rest of that season. They almost beat Ohio State. And then, but anyway, it was a, it was a ship adrift when Locks took him over. Uh, unfortunately, Josh's quarterbacking year was the first year they had no protection. He got concussions. It was a mess. Free rushers coming in on him. And the offensive line has been better. I think that's the question with Locks. Can I think he he kind of had the vision of college football in the future once the rule changes and targeting became uh, a factor. That kind of like James Franklin, that this would turn into seven on seven and it turned into Big Twelve football. And the opposite has happened now in the last couple of years, where Smash Mouth teams have taken the initiative. And Maryland, to me, is one of those sides who they, if you watched any of the Wisconsin game, that ain't just about the weather. That was about a team that does not like to get in the trenches and fist fight you. They are all about shiny objects and lots of dangerous wideouts who haven't really performed that well this year. And they're great when they can run around in the wide open spaces. But when you get them in a, in a phone booth, man, they don't seem to like it. And I think mainly to, to an extreme, and Wisconsin really bullied them. It was 23-3 to three with like a minute left in the game, and Maryland scored a mop-up touchdown. Uh, Talia Tungavaloa had 30 yards passing <laughs> until that final drive. He ended up with 77 if they can't throw the ball, man, they they have problems, and their their running game has been better with Ryan Hemby, but they they've had some uh, switch outs on their offensive line recently. They 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 switch centers, which I think is a really bad idea at this point in the season, in order to replace uh, one of their front line guards who got injured and. That did not work out at all. Uh, the the freshman center they put in there, who they really like, uh, flung a bunch of snaps all over the place. But he also he also got beaten inside. And I I kind of uh, Jim Leonard had all sorts of schemes for them in their interior line, and they they got a lot of stuff blown up from the inside out. And I I can see Manny Diaz doing the same kind of tricks in this game. And I, I don't think the weather will be quite as much a factor. I don't see any rain. Uh, the rain will be out of there by game time by 3.30, but I think it's going to get kind of cold. It will be breezy and raw, and it won't be a, a game for passing offenses, and Maryland has not liked November at all under locks. So I think they're 1-10 in, in November if you don't count the COVID season, which you shouldn't count because it's, it's kind of an outlier. I just want to give a shout-out to Jim Leonard for being the one Wisconsin coach who just – gets Graham Mertz the hell out of the way. And you know what? It's, 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 it's just been one of those things that's been really bugging me since last year. And I think that Jim, unlike his predecessor, is more willing to not have Graham Mertz try and throw the ball 25 times a game. And just maybe we're, we're going to do what Mike Vrabel and the Titans do. If we don't, if we've got a quarterback issue, we're just going to run it. We're going to run it 55 times and see if he can stop it. So kudos and to that's what That's always been what Wisconsin has been. I mean, that's who they are. 
Uh, Jim Leonard is a defensive specialist, and he's going to make the quarterback a widget, which is what Wisconsin has have so many of. So you were talking about Mike Samuel and Jim Sorge. Oh, the names, Dave, the name. (laughs) How many can you name? I know. There was one guy, there was one guy that was there for like eight years. I think Billy (laughs) O'Brien and Penn State beat him in 2013. I don't know. It's just this one after. It was Daryl Bevel. Was that one of those guys? Daryl Bevel was the first that he took him to the Rose Bowl in 93. I don't know that he took him to the Rose Bowl. He played quarterback on that team. You're right about that. I always compared it to, did you have an electric football game? Oh, yeah. I had the Cowboys and the Chiefs. The Cowboys are in blue. The Chiefs are in white. I loved it. I should have never gotten rid of it. <laughs> and did you did you have the weird tin quarterback? Yeah, you know, the quarterback. That was, that was a Wisconsin quarterback. It was really hard to complete a pass in that game. I will tell you that. The rid- Which has always been true of Wisconsin football. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did. The rigid 10 quarterback who doesn't that important to the offense. That's what Wisconsin should be. And I, it's good to have him back. I, I think Jim Leonard has pretty much aced that, that interview. He's going to get the job. It's pretty clear. Uh, unlike the Nebraska job, which is now wide open. We will, we will get to that at another time. But, hey, Dave, so what we're talking about really is you're talking about Maryland liking to sling the ball around in open spaces and not really liking – to kind of get down and dirty in the trenches. This is a nice matchup for Penn State Saturday with the way that they're they're running the ball. Even against Ohio State in that loss, the running backs themselves, I'm not talking about the Clifford uh, sack yardage and all that stuff. The running backs themselves, uh, Singleton and Catron Allen, they, they ran really hard against Ohio State. The one game they couldn't get it done was the Michigan game when they fell behind early, but it, it wouldn't have mattered. Michigan was just too good on that day. But P- Penn State's running game is so much different than the one that they had the last two years when they played Maryland. Maryland beat them in the COVID year when they jumped on them early with with the receivers uh, and Talia. And then last year, even though the final score was 31-14, the game was hanging in the balance with three minutes to go before Jair in the red zone picked off that pass and took it 80 for a touchdown. I just think this is a different Penn State team that can run the ball, and I think Maryland's in a lot of trouble. I do too. I picked it. Well, we'll get to the picks later, but I picked it. About on the spread simply because Maryland's good at garbage time. <laughs> but but there is a concern with Penn State's offensive line. I mean, they got a new left tackle. It looks like Drew Shelton's going to start again. The kid from Downingtown um, is going to start again, probably at left tackle. I don't think Fashion is ready, right? Is that right? You know, it's it's James James is, is has been has been you know labeling it as he was he was not feeling great at the end of the Ohio State game, and he he was not healthy. But, you know, this is a kid who has skyrocketed up draft boards. And you just wonder, now that they've played their big games, I'm not saying he would sit out, but I think they're being extra, extra cautious with him, knowing that he is looking at a potential slot in the first round. I don't blame him. I don't blame his parents. But I think, you know, he's one of those guys that unless he really, really feels good, he, he might not play. Yeah, that I was thinking the same thing was going on with his draft status. I mean, let's face it. It's November. It's it's a two loss team. You're not going to the playoff. Uh, you you kind of want to get. He is going to be gone. I think Fashanu after this season. I think there's no question about that. So why not get your second line tackle some work? And I thought Shelton looked pretty good. I know it's Indiana, but he looked pretty good in that game. Caden Wallace hasn't played in a while, and he has not been good. 
James said he's actually they actually want him to play. I don't know if Penn State fans are necessarily on board with that, but they, they're trying to protect Shelton's red shirt. I think this late in the season, if they can if they can finesse it because of the way their schedule is, Dave, the Indiana game, I believe, was his third game. He could play one more game. He could play one more game, and then they have to make a decision and decide what they want to do. But I think that is a concern for him, so that's something to watch. But I think he's got one more game, and then the next game after that, he would – I see him playing against Maryland and then maybe shutting him down because you can play Wallace and, you know, he's playable. It's not like he isn't playable against the rest of this schedule. If you, if you, if you can't beat Rutgers, although Rutgers defense is pretty stiff. I mean, they, they stood up to Michigan for quite a while. Did you, I don't know if you saw I know that they were – I saw they had the lead at half and then it just went – Not only that, they had two goal line stands that went to fourth down against Michigan, which was really impressive. Michigan's – both of their touchdowns in the first half, they needed four plays to score inside like the five, which it was very impressive. Rutgers' defense is better. It doesn't show by that score, but the, they're better. So it's not like Penn State can waltz in there and win, but we're getting ahead of, ahead of ourselves. I just think Maryland is tenderized by that Wisconsin game. On both sides of scrimmage, the 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 flux that they've been going through on the offensive line, especially in the interior, man, you don't want to you don't want to be changing out a center in the middle of the season. That that just looks like a target of opportunity for Manny Diaz to me. So, and and Talia Tungavaloa did not look good in that game. Not only that, but they were really counting on Rakim Jarrett and Dante Dimas to be big factors they were pumping this with receiving core and i i was on board uh preseason as like among the best in the nation maybe rivaling ohio states and they really just they haven't done that i mean they haven't have been a threat downfield and you remember uh jared last time he was in beaver stadium just ripping up uh penn state on those crossing routes for a couple of scores and big long runs after the catch he doesn't look like the same player. I mean, he, they've been spreading the ball around a lot, Maryland has, and they're getting their tight ends catches and all that's great. But I don't see the down the the, the big sweeping downfield strikes out of Maryland that, that you, we used to have to, to worry about. And frankly, I think Penn State's secondary, the way they're playing, Manny Diaz is going to be comfortable with them. With them being out on their own and play some games with the uh, the other the other six seven guys. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I think you have to give credit to James Franklin and his coaches for is he he did say more so than any other year, he really liked this recruiting class and they were going to play their young guys a lot from the start. And and you're seeing the benefits of it now. Curtis Jacobs, lose, uh, you spotted that. He, he left the game in the first quarter. You know, Olu goes down. They could put Shelton in. You know, Kobe King had a nice game. I know it was Indiana, but between him and Abdul Carter, the linebacker core, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't that big of a loss to not have Curtis Jacobs. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but their depth at every level, I think, of the defense, um, it's showing up on the offensive line. Obviously, they have the freshman running backs. They're going to try and play Drew Aller when they can. But, I mean, it's really a team that uh, this year, in most cases, in most games, Dave, they have the depth to overcome even a significant first-team loss. And it's so valuable – at this time of the year, to have young kids 
who are not sullied and and kind of worn out by the college game who are they're fighting for playing time they want to play and they want to prove what they can do to have so many of those guys who who are, are finally getting some playing time they want to show what they can do and if 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 you can play them and they're talented man that is so valuable in November cuz a lot of schools just don't have it they don't have that kind of depth just uh, you, we've talked about them since almost the Auburn game just to be able to land two running backs like Singleton and Katron Allen in one class. And then Kevon Lee apparently is not healthy, but I don't know that would really matter, Dave. I mean, those, those guys are just, they are getting better literally every game. Um, they could do a lot of things. I think Nick Singleton actually against India, it was Indiana, but he, he started to run a little bit hard. I thought he was a little bit more effective inside. He was pushing the pile. We'll see how it goes. Uh, down the stretch, but they they both they both are dangerous dangerous backs in the open field. And Katron Allen as a receiver um, is not something I was really expecting. Uh, he is just really really hard to bring down. And I think Nick Singleton is due to get in the open field and go the distance. He almost did it a couple times against Indiana. I really think both running backs, if they're healthy, I think they're both going to go over 100 yards in this one. I would like I would just like to well they did it in the last one. I I would like to see them concentrate Allen more on the inside runs and Singleton more on the outside edge because that's where he's dangerous and that's clearly where he likes to run more often. Let him do it. Don't make him run inside. Allen is built for contact and traffic. Singleton really isn't. So get him out on the edge, make him I wouldn't mind seeing him once in a while, especially in this game, together. You think that could ever happen? Because they're different threats. Well, the only time they're they're really together is in that T formation, and you don't know which one's going to get the ball. But you're right. Yeah, they, but they really... did, they, it was interesting that Yursic switched out of that down on the goal line, and he shifted out of it and put put uh, both. I think he put both of the tight ends on the left, and then he pitches. To, I thought it was brilliant. It was a brilliant play. Shifts out of it. Indiana doesn't shift enough manpower over there. And then Singleton's walking in over the edge. I mean, that was really, really a smart play. And they hadn't shown that out of the out of the full house day before that. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different, and we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Has Mike Yersich showed you uh, something a little bit, a little more in, in recent weeks? I know that, you know, the Michigan game, wow, not, not great for anyone on, any, on either side of the ball. But with, uh, with some of the things he's doing with the tight ends and the running backs and the formations, and have you seen a little bit more from him uh, that you like from Mike in, in the second year as O.C.? Well, somebody bitched about him after the mission game, and I said, "Man, one of the readers." I said, "Man, you no can't. more had got it handed to him in Michigan, man. Like it's just sometimes it's just not your day." Yeah, you can't adjust. You can't do halftime adjustments out of an ass kicking. Is what I told him. <laughs> you know. All right, we're getting our asses kicked. What can we do to kick <laughs> their asses in five minutes? If you're dominated up front like that, it ain't good. By the way. Well, anyway, I really love that play uh, down on the goal line because it it shows versatility and it uses your adaptability with your backs. And you do have both of those guys in there 
all of a sudden you're you're planning on Allen powering up the middle and here goes Singleton off the edge. And you really don't have the guys in here who can catch. By the way, talking about getting their ass kicked, did you watch the Ohio State-Northwestern game? Did you watch no, some all I, all I saw on Twitter was the weather. I, I know the weather wasn't good, but, yeah, I, I saw it was like they were losing. They were like losing at halftime or something. And I'm hearing all these people in Columbus talking about, oh, the wind, the wind. Oh, it was so windy. Well, you just have to throw that game. No, no you know. Did, did Woody Hayes ever worry about the wind? I mean, what has happened to him? He was a big wind guy. <laughs> of course, because then he could get his armored personnel carriers out there and run out of the, the full house, uh, the robust tea, just like uh, your sister's isn't, except he used it everywhere. You remember what happened and what we saw at scrimmage with their offensive line against Penn State? They got, they got their, their backs got stoned almost the entire game until just like to the, the year before, Henderson busted one late, but from a down to snap snap to snap basis, they got they got kind of dominated by Penn State's front. Well, it happened again all during that game against Northwestern. You, you're talking about um, Gallagher, their the Bryce Gallagher, Northwestern's. You know, he's not a great athlete. He's not even really big. He's about two thirty, two thirty five. Just coming in and 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 knocking this Ohio State five-star guard, Donovan Jackson, on his ass and blowing up a play, that shouldn't happen. They've got an entire left side that's five-star guys between Paris Johnson and Jackson. These are five-star recruits, and they didn't have their weight right. They didn't have their balance right, and they were they were getting – if not dominated, at least they were getting a draw from Northwestern. I think it's a really bad sign for Ohio State moving forward that toward that Michigan game. We shall see. I mean, they just came off a, a run where they scored like 40 or more points, like seven games in a row. So, I mean, I, I, Northwestern's one of those teams. I know that Penn State turned the ball over against them a lot. But, I mean... <laughs> That game was a little too uncomfortable for Penn State. Not this year, man. I mean, everyone has powered over those guys. Nobody has – even Nebraska was running around on them. No, I I'm mean, saying Penn State didn't exactly run all over Northwestern. Yeah, but I'm just saying – I'm just telling you, weather cannot account for the way Ohio State is losing at scrimmage right now and – you're forecasting a Michigan win over Ohio State. I, just every, I forecast. I picked Michigan to win the division, and this is why. Show me, you know, as so much is going to depend on the weather in that game. And we saw a whole week here where all of a sudden the calendar turned to November like that. And I mean, how many games did we see here uh, where where ground based teams Iowa over Purdue that had a lot to do with the wind and the weather. The offensive quarter made some great adjustments, I think, for Iowa, Dave, is what I would say. <laughs> Come on, man. You're just, people think you're serious. Yeah. <laughs> if people are paying attention, they know I'm rarely serious on this. So that's Wisconsin, not- Maryland. Um, Illinois had also, uh, did have some problems. Uh, but, but otherwise, the ground-based teams did really well. And the later November goes, the more likely they're going to have the advantage. And Ohio State better hope for a nice, pristine, 48-degree, calm day in the shoe, or I think they're in for it. That's what I'm saying. 
now that our guy Bielema had a had a little bit of a tough day against Michigan State, who is your front runner to get to the Big Ten title game in the West? Is it is it wide open or what's going on? Nah, it's still Illinois because Purdue really got smashed um, at home against Iowa. Uh, they got tenderized, and I, I think they've been knocked a little bit sideways. I think Iowa. I think Illinois. Illinois gained like 470 yards, and they just kept. Yeah, I saw they went for it on fourth down, and this didn't get it a lot. If you looked at that game and just the the flow of the game, that Michigan State was up twenty three seven, and Michigan Michigan State really had the game until Illinois made a late comeback. But that's not the way the flow of the game was. Illinois just kept messing up at the wrong time, and they gained plenty of yards. I think they're still the team to beat in the West. I think they they're playing Purdue at home. People don't know that's kind of like a backyard rival. They're only like 90 miles apart across the Illinois-Indiana border. Illinois don't like those people, and I think they're going to be fine. Um, (laughs) Illinois don't like those people. Um, Don't like them people. Uh, I think they're going to be fine. And if they beat Purdue, it's over. I mean, the the race is over because Purdue's the only team among that that second group at 3-3. and They haven't beat. If they beat Peru, they will have beaten all of them. So they'll own the tiebreakers against anybody. And and all they got to do then, Illinois, is beat Northwestern in the fun finale. It won't even matter what they do at Michigan, which they have. I mean, that'll be that'll be a tractor pull, huh? Illinois at Michigan. <laughs> it won't rival Wisconsin, Iowa, but it'll be right there. Dave, before we pick this game, I wanted to tap in. As I think, as uh, as the viewers and the listeners know, that you do your power poll every Tuesday, and that requires you to do a lot of homework, where you see every team and you kind of look at almost every. You do look at every game, what you saw. So, my question for you is: With we're in the final quarter of the regular season, I think my math's right. Who is the best offensive player you've seen in the Big Ten? And who is the best defensive player you've seen to date in the Big Ten? You know, it's been kind of a running year. It's been a good year for running backs. You have Katron Allen has been really terrific the last few games. And he's starting to elevate himself in there. But the, the two best players I've seen are Chase Brown and Mo Ibrahim. Blake Corham's in there, but he has all the advantage of that great offensive line. The other two guys don't. Mo Ibrahim just willed Minnesota back into that game at, at Nebraska. Oh, my God. I mean, he just – he's such a warrior. Uh, and and Chase Brown – Chase Brown, <laughs> there was a play. We saw him last year, Dave. I think Penn State fans know how good that dude Not is. Not just running, but blocking. He blocked out of a head uh, ahead of a touchdown by Isaiah Williams that was a beautiful play. You know, it looked like another – Waltz in the park for Illinois and the first touchdown. It was like a 60-yard catch and run by Isaiah Williams on a crossing route. Chase Brown's out ahead of that play and blocked like the last 30 yards of that play so Williams could get in the end zone. He's just a wonderful little player that gets no national pub at all. Um, To me, those two guys have been the most impressive players. In a a year where everyone goes, ah, C.J. Stroud and, you know, for Heisman – well, you know, where where was he? Where was he last week when things got a little sideways? I'm just I'm just saying, man, this has kind of been a rushing centric year in the Big Ten. And those are my two favorite guys. 
What about, is there one defensive player that's really impressed you? I know we, I know that's not as easy to kind of focus on. I know Illinois had a really great defense all year, and they have a, a bunch of guys that are really are grading very well. Is there one guy that's jumped out to you? Ryan, Ryan Walters has been terrific as a DC, and man, that guy's going to get a job. I mean, he, he is going to get a job. It's not going to be long. He's, he's like a young up-and-comer. Iowa has been so resolute. Uh, with that awful offense for for so long and Jack Campbell just comes out every every game and you notice him every game in the tape he's just an ass kicker now I don't know where he's projected in the NFL because he's not like terribly fast have you seen him in the draft list is he's a second day guy I haven't, but I think I think he is a guy that in the first two rounds I don't know that I think he's probably top 50 top 60 player so he might be a second day guy because he's not tremendous athletically, but man, he's, he plays angry and he plays downhill and he's, he's been terrific. Um, also in that vein, Nick Herbig from Wisconsin has really come on under Jim Leonard. It's like he's been unleashed and Wisconsin's looking like Wisconsin. Just recently, Nick Herbig has been playing lights out and that Wisconsin is a team now I call them, they're going to be like a Wisconsin and Iowa this this Saturday. You know, you're going to need a fistful of carpet tacks all the time to to win that game. <laughs> that is going to be a nasty, low-down game uh, That that's going to be like the old days of Iowa-Wisconsin. And uh, let me say this. If Illinois does somehow lose at home to Purdue, chaos happens. Chaos. And all of a sudden, Wisconsin can actually win the West uh, a lot of teams could win it, depending on what happens. So the Wisconsin-Iowa game will start. That's a 3.30 kick, and they will know if Illinois has lost. If Illinois has somehow lost to Purdue, and I don't anticipate that, but uh, if that happens, they'll know it. And all of a sudden, that game takes on huge uh, um, import and consequences that it wouldn't otherwise. Campbell was the guy that changed Penn State's fate last year when he hit Clifford and uh, he had to come out. Yeah, I mean he's 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 not he's no fun, you know. Number thirty-one. He's got like a. Is it number thirty-one? He's got like a. Is that Pozlozny's number? Yeah. Well, you know, he was a lot like that. I mean, he's he's he's. You remember Chris Spielman was not thought to be a great draft pick, wasn't he? Was he wasn't a first round draft pick, was no, he? Because he, he was wasn't. so small. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jack Campbell isn't small. He's a big guy, but he he plays with the same motor all the time. I mean. That that is to be admired, Dave. You're up first with your Penn State Maryland pick. Make it sing. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I I've got it thirty five twenty four. That's Penn a normal State. score. You don't you can't do that. Come on. Yeah. That's okay. A, that's a pretty normal score. Make it thirty five twenty three. Thirty six twenty two. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, did you know they have lists? Uh, for the, the NFL has so many stats. They have a list of the first time a, a score. Yeah, is, yeah, yeah. There's only like three left or something or something and, weird. And what, what's the most common score? I was watching the Saints game and I'm thinking this is most the most common score. And in it's got to be like 35-28 or something like that. It's 17-13, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> That's because of the, yeah, the early years of the NFL probably. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I picked it 38-20 Penn State. I think, uh, I just think that the running game is just gonna—it's gonna be no matter who's lines up for Penn State's offensive line. 
Northwestern went for 200. Wisconsin went for a, a, a bunch more. And I just think that that they're going to be able to. Because if, if, if Maryland tries to do anything to gang up on those guys, I think Penn State now that Theo Johnson's starting to become a problem, they have enough guys to hurt them in the passing game. I, I really think that Penn State's balance, and especially their running game, uh, you're right. Maryland doesn't want to. Maryland has not stopped the run uh, against teams that wanted to run it at them. And I just think their passing game, Penn State just matches up too well with them, I think, on the outside. Plus, while the weather isn't going to be as bad as last week, it's it's a 3.30 kick. Uh, sun goes down early now after daylight savings time is gone. Uh, it's going to be dark by 4.30. It's going to start getting raw and, and breezy. Uh, my buddy John Neese says 10 to 15 mile an hour winds gusting to 20. That's not good for Maryland either. Uh, it's, 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 it's probably a better day for the team that has the better running game. And, and while Maryland was doing pretty well that way for a while with Ryan, Ryan Hemby is a back to be. I think it's Roman Hemby. Or Rome, Roman Hemby. Yeah, of course he is. And the big boy, it was the, the big kid Littleton. Like Have you seen that or something, isn't he? <laughs> Little Antoine Littleton is like two seventy, I think. And I mean, his name's Littleton. I love it. Yeah, and his name is Littleton. That's right. The, those guys are not to be ignored. Um, if if Penn State doesn't come out ready to to hit in the front seven, yeah, they, they can run the ball too. So whoever runs the ball best. As better has has certainly has the advantage in this game, I think. Dave, it's the second to last home game at Beaver Stadium. I know, I know you're, I know you're going to save it for Senior Day in Michigan State, but this is like the second to last one. So let's let's savor the trips. It's getting late in the season. It's going to be good and freezing. It's your kind of weather. Yeah, it's it's. We're, I, I'm neglected to mention it could be like 40 degrees by the second <laughs> half, and that's. That ain't gonna be any fun. That ain't gonna be fun for Maryland. It's gonna see. It's gonna seem colder than it is with the wind too. All right, say goodbye to our audience so we can get on with the rest of our week. Go Eagles! Go Eagles! No, I don't really mean it. This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Pen Live.